Women's Tech Radio, Episode 12. A show on the Jupiter Broadcasting Network interviewing interesting women in technology, exploring their roles and how they're successful in technology careers. Now, Paige, I want to ask you if you have any experience with medical, the medical world and technology. Uh, I actually have kind of an interesting experience. Um, so I spent most of the last two years kind of traveling around the country um, and brought my cats with me. And uh, we had some issues with the cats where we've been trying to chase down this thing where the cat scratches itself and blah, blah, cat issue. But because we've been using Bamfields, um, which is part of the PetSmart network, um, they're connected all over the country. So like we'll stop in California and get one prescription and then we'd got up here to Portland and they were like, what did you do? And they were just able to pull our records right up. So like even my cat has like digital records all over the country of all the tests I've had and everything like that. Banfields is pet insurance. Is that what that is? It's a it's a vet hospital. Oh, OK. Wow. Mm-hmm. OK. All right. Well, How about you? I have an interesting uh, situation. Back in July, I got bit by a horse fly and it's it's a giant fly. And it was like the moment I stepped into like a dark wooded area with my kids, we were, that sounds really morbid. Um, <laughs> but anyway, we were going, there's trails. And I, uh, I went to brush something on my leg because I felt, it felt just weird. And then all of a sudden there was blood all over my finger, right? Yeah, it was really, and I was like, oh man, I got bit by one of those darn flies, you know? And the last time I had done it, like I have an allergic reaction and it gets about five inches in diameter. The, wow. the space that the flies bit. Anyway, later that night, my throat started closing up and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm having an allergic reaction to this. And apparently that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple days later, I couldn't, I could barely swallow and something was really wrong. So I went to group health and I was sitting in the waiting room. They did a strep test. I didn't think I had strep. I thought it was allergic reaction. But while the doctor was away, I downloaded the group health app and I logged in and it told me that I had lab results. Before the doctor even came in, I confirmed that I really did have strep. Wow. <laughs> and it had nothing to do with the horsefly bite, so I just told you all that for no reason. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so it was just, but it was really cool that, you know, I found out before the, do- the doctor came in and said, yep, yeah, you were positive for strep. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I have my phone. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's pretty. I mean, the connectedness of our world now is just getting, it's unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, we live in the future. Yes. That's, that's what I like to think. Yep. Cool. So today we're interviewing my friend Heather. She is a senior engagement manager at Substantial. She has a really non-traditional path um, into computers and she has some pretty neat stories about growing up in a family that was supportive about technology, still not choosing a technology path, and then actually like coming back around to it and really finding her place in the world through technology. Mm-hmm. And her mom built her first computer. Isn't that outrageous? It is awesome. So before we get into the interview, I would like to talk about linuxacademy.com. You can go to linuxacademy.com forward slash WTR and save $5 a month on this awesome service. It's an educational service. There are step-by-step video courses and downloadable comprehensive study guides. There is a learning plan and it's amazing. You can tell it when you're available during the week to study or take tests and it'll help you really easily figure out how you can make your education happen in the small free time that you might have. You can also keep track of your progress and see how close you are getting to your end goal of learning anything in particular. It's really any technology. It's all up to date and it's made by educators and Linux enthusiasts and programmers. So the content is always up to date. Like the Nginx is on there now and then the Docker updates. It's, you should check it out. linuxacademy.com forward slash WTR and you will save $5 a month. And we got started with our interview today by asking Heather to tell us her non-traditional path into technology. Mm-hmm. 
So I kind of started out pretty early on liking computers and I come from a family that's that's very supportive and also a little non-traditional. Um, my mom actually took some programming classes when I was in like elementary school. And so she was actually a DOS programmer for a little bit. Um, I didn't really get into that. I just, we always had technology around everything from an Atari to a computer system that my mom actually built. I can remember her going to buy the CD-ROM and those things were so expensive back then. It was like $200 for this thing that would play discs. And we just didn't understand why it was so expensive. That is um, awesome that your mom built your first computer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. She built the family computer. And so I can remember when we upgraded to a 486. Um, but so, I mean, we've always been around and it was never a thing that I couldn't do. It was always, you know, however much I wanted, it was available. And, um, you know, we grew up playing Oregon Trail and, you know, an Amazon version of that, um, where you were in the jungle. It was kind of awesome. Um, then fast forward to like high school and I had gone like a, a different track in terms of like what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be and had gone like more of a, a sports medicine route and found myself in college and just not being kind of challenged by what was going on. And I had all of these really nerdy friends who loved computers. And one of my friends was like, oh my God, you, you totally have to switch majors. You have to be comp sign. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I like computers, but I don't know. And then, um, fast forward again a little bit and I find myself start working at, um, a, an online bookseller startup. The industry was changing and booksellers were having to, to change to adjust. And I thought that was really interesting. And when I, when I left there, I actually started working for a system builder. So a computer system builder, and we actually custom built systems. We focused a lot on education, um, but it was really getting to know technology and understanding it and realizing that I really was passionate about this section and this world that I was learning about and starting to figure out where my place was in that. And I had the lucky experience of working for a company that allowed me to kind of just figure out what I liked. Like as long as I got my my day-to-day -day stuff done, then they didn't matter. Then it didn't matter how else I provided value to the company because I was providing value. So I started working with them, kind of charting trends and figuring out what was coming up and what like our sales staff needed to learn more about. And I started doing sales training and I became the mobile specialist because I realized that I really liked tiny little things that did cool stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's when I started to see the industry trend kind of away from hardware and more towards software in terms of hardware was just getting cheaper and cheaper. And, you know, every year there's a new phone, every year there's a new thing. And um, watching that change, I think, was when I realized that I needed to get out of hardware and I needed to get into software. And that's when I made my next change <laughs> into uh, a software company that really helped me kind of find, kind of find my place in the world. Um, I started working uh, for them as a QA. And so, because I can break things, that's pretty easy. <laughs> um, so, and you know, they put up with all of my questions. And then at some point they decided that, um, that I was good at keeping people in line. <laughs> and they said, hmm, you should be a PM. 
And so that's when I shifted into project or product management. And that's kind of where I found myself today. And what is Substantial? Substantial is a, uh, a product design and development studio in Capitol Hill, Seattle. And we have a lot of different specialties, but um, some of my projects are, are Ruby on Rails and some of them, like one of my projects right now is PHP. So we can do a little bit of everything, but we really focus on like agile and lean methodologies and having kind of a sensible work-life balance and working with really cool people. Why was it taking that step into software? Like, what about that made you feel like this was your place in the world? Um, it was really kind of learning to figure out what makes me tick and what about this is interesting to me. Um, I like change, and I, I learned at some point that I was going to need an industry in my professional life that changed. I probably wasn't going to be happy um whenever like, okay, this is the way it's been done every year and this is how we do it and you know, these are the rules. Um, I need things to be different and I need them to, to kind of, you know, throw the world on its head every so often. And what I really liked was, you know, it's like, like clockwork every, every uh, year, um, Apple is gonna release a new, you know, OS for their phones. You know, they're gonna release a new phone and they're gonna come out with a new thing and it's gonna have all new features um, and Android's very much the same way, except even more frequent than that. I think they've they've both kind of set this track record that says, you know, innovate, innovate, innovate. And I really, I really liked that and really craved that sense of change, that sense of newness that comes so frequently and having having the industry kind of be like, okay, wait, now what? Okay. And I think the industry has has matured a little bit and we've gotten better about that. But when I made that change, it was still very much Every year you went through a crazy upheaval and everything was new and different. And it was that excitement and that kind of that difference that you had to like adjust and innovate that I really liked the response to. So you said that when uh, that you had a lot of nerdy friends and one of your nerd friends was like, you should totally be doing this. Did they steer you to a class or a course or something? Um, I had, I had, um, he'd been in this had been in this problem solving with computers class and what that what that was was it wound up being this class that said this is a search engine and this is a website oh my goodness um as you might understand now that we've talked for a couple of minutes i was absolutely miserable yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> bored out of your mind i think i was i was beyond bored i was becoming like just angsty at having to turn in these assignments. And one of my friends was like, what are you doing? Why are you in this class? And I'm like, it's a gen ed math requirement. And he's like, there are other ways to get gen ed math requirements. And I was like, yeah, but I don't want the math 101 because college, you know, you hear things about professors and you plan your, your course load strategically. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what else? And he was like, well, you could take programming one. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, do you think I could? And he said, yeah, definitely. I'll, you know, just go talk to the professor and see what he thinks. And I went and I talked to the professor who is very awesome and is one of my friends to this day. He's absolutely fantastic and he was very supportive. And he said, you know, you're a little late in the semester, but I think we can figure it out and you can make up some of it. And, you know, let's see how it goes. And bam, the rest is history. I didn't, and I will say that class taught me a lot. And one of the things that it taught me is that I'm not a programmer. 
Um, I really like coming up with ideas. I like understanding the technology. I like understanding programming. But when it comes down to like sitting down and doing the world building that you do in programming, my attention span and that don't drive very well. <laughs> Like I like I like going out and talking to people and solving the problems and getting all of the answers that you need for doing programming. And that's what Programming One taught me. Being in the project management role or the senior engagement person role and being a non-developer, like have, have you felt like that's a disadvantage, an advantage? No, um, frequently I actually find that it's a huge advantage. Um, now there's, there's a balancing act. I think that, I think, one of the advantages that I have is that I am pretty techy and that I do understand some basic programming concepts. Um, one of the first things that I did whenever I, um, whenever I switched to, to having a, a Ruby on Rails project was I went and I took one of the um, intro to Rails like weekend courses just so I'd understand kind of what my developers were talking about and the kind of concepts and things like that. And that was really helpful and I think that's important. Probably not going to do that for the PHP project, but you know, most people will understand why. Um, but it's just uh, it's just really good, I think, for me to kind of have that background and that understanding of like, here are some of the concepts, here are some of the things that they're fighting with, um, while kind of having that outsider input of, well, have you thought, because sometimes I come into these problems and they say, well, this is the problem and here's why we can't do this and here's why we can't do that. And I will say, well, yes, but you said X, right? And they say yes. And I said, well, what if you do, you know, X, Y, and Z? And they say, oh, yeah, I thought about that. Yeah, let me try that. Because I'm able to like look at things without kind of all of the the baggage of kind of the code base and, and all of the dependencies and things like that that they're dealing with, there have been times where I've been able to help them solve things because I have that outside perspective. That happens to me all the time uh, with my husband because he's so techy and I'm not, I'm close, but um, I'll be like, well, what if you did something like this? And he'll be like, no, wait, <laughs> it's pretty rewarding. I, I kind of love that. Wait, like I know exactly what you're talking about. That's the exact tone. And that it honestly is kind of one of my favorite parts of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I like receiving that input from outsiders and having that. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cause really it's, I am fine. As long as you can kind of distill down the concepts, I'm good. Like I get the concepts. As long as we can kind of abstract it a little bit, you know, we'll we'll hammer through it together. And I, I really like the kind of community that you create in those moments. You know, I think that's really important and interesting as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a, a big part of why we, we preach diversity in the workplace is that you do have these different perspectives and they do add insight that you would not get otherwise. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, and sometimes you just have to do the long way around, you know, instead of going to like the what everybody knows is a shortcut because something else falls out. So you, so most of your knowledge is self-taught. Is there anything that you kind of really go to for that, like blogs or whatever? And quite honestly, um, generally just um, people that I trust, coworkers, et cetera. Um, I have some really smart friends that I rely on. I think having that network is really important if you don't have it, you know, trying to, to find it or build it is really important. Um, because I do have people that I can just, you know, hey, real quick, what, what can I do about this? Like, what do you know? What do you like? Um, but I would say I Google a lot. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, because one of the things that I like um, about the internet versus um, a book or something like that is that the most current ideas are going to be on the internet instead of, you know, in printed form. And that's just, that's how it is. Like, it doesn't mean that ideas in printed form are any less valuable, and I think that they're hugely valuable. Um, but I do think that there is, you can get, you know, a blog post or an article or something like that that's just really helpful um, that hasn't quite made it to publishing yet. Yeah, I actually, I felt very bad. A friend of mine is a librarian in the town that I just moved to. She's <laughs> like, do you have your library card yet? And I was like, oh, not really, because... Um, <laughs> I kind of, I, I do most of my reading is technical stuff. And she's like, well, we have technical books. And I'm like, yeah, but they're kind of outdated already because I'm doing like cutting edge stuff. I'm like, I don't think you have things on authentication and Angular. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. I mean, I will say um, I have not one, but two library cards locally because um, Seattle's really good for having an overdrive system. And I love the fact that I can get on my phone, I can request a book. And then later that night, I can download the book that I requested on my e-reader. Okay, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Ridiculously good. That's what I mean. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. And like just the integration that we've seen from from technology and, you know, real life application has just been awesome. And I, I am a sucker for that sort of thing. <laughs> so I know you've made the transition more to like a software side of things, but I think that I, maybe you'll agree with me that right now we're kind of about to hit, I think, a second renaissance with gadgetry with the whole like smart home, internet of things, wearables, like where that's all going. How do you feel? That's a really interesting question. Um, and I don't know, I would still say that this is a wave from the previous, um, we're, we're seeing some of the long-term after effects of the, the technology boom of everything that's happened since Intel came out with an atom processor and made netbooks, you know, uh, with, with the advent of the netbook thing, just got, things just got you know smaller and smaller and smaller. We started seeing phones with quad-core processors, and we started seeing more and more powerful devices, and then better quality screens on all of those devices. And then we started seeing phones go into phablets. <laughs> and then, you know, I think it's just the natural proliferation of that kind of uh, that kind of atmosphere out into the home and into things like that. You know, that it's. It's been coming for a long time, um, and I've kind of been waiting for some pieces of it for a long time. Yeah, I totally agree. And so it's like, I am one of those people who's like, seriously, seriously, are you done yet? Can I have my gadget yet? Like, when is it going to be done? I think so. Like Intel um, at CES kind of announced their little uh, their little processor thing that will allow and kind of empower wearables. But the thing is, like, nobody's really done this yet, so we haven't seen kind of a, a convincing argument for what that will mean and what that's good for. And I think that's going to be the next wave, is figuring out how do these things apply to us and, and how can they enrich our lives. I think we're all pretty certain that, you know, having a phone in my pocket that I can look up directions and know that they are more accurate than the printed map that I have from 2011 um, is important and is relevant to my life and is necessary the question is why is my smart shirt relevant and necessary that's going to be our, our next wave is figuring out what does this mean and how are we going to use it yeah totally like i like uh, i love the whole um the biohacking um movement and but like so you get all this data but what do you do with the data right exactly 
but I, uh, I don't know if you've checked it out, but like the beacon thing. So it's mostly um, NFC stuff, like it'll track objects. So there's actually an open source startup, or I think they're just a startup that's doing um, beacons for offices. So like you can walk into a conference room, it recognizes that you're there. And if there's open spot on the calendar, it books you in. And then if everybody leaves the conference room early, it like opens the conference room back up. Yeah, like, oh, and that kind of stuff. I've seen applications for that too that involve like, um, you know, trying to find someone or trying to figure out like in in huge multi office environments where you're talking about somebody like the size of Google. Like, I have a meeting with Joe Smith, but I don't know what he looks like and I don't know where he is. Yeah, you know, and being able to like look somebody up and being able to find you know wayfind almost to that person. And that stuff has been talked about for a long time. I think it'll be, I think that's really interesting. Um, and it, it's going to be, how do we collect this information? How do we use this information in a way that people are comfortable with, and in a way that people still feel secure? I mean, that sounds great for my work, but how do I apply that at home? Does it have a place in my home? Yeah. You know, those are all, I think, questions that we're going to be wrestling with. I mean, I personally have, um, have kind of um, had a computer in my kitchen for a while because I do a lot of my cooking courtesy of like online recipes and things like that and kind of teach myself how to do new things. And so for me, I've honestly wanted this kind of um, touch screen thing that just hangs on my kitchen wall so I can just like tap, go over and tap, tap, tap. And it tells me, you know, all of these things. Like I want that integrated world and that integrated environment, but that's because there are pieces of this that I can see that are instantly relevant. So for me, I think I've seen a lot more um, home applications that are that are more immediately relevant, and I'm kind of looking forward to kind of the wave of technology and how that will impact that, rather than for me wearables. You know what I mean? I think we're we're heading out to the end of this. Um, I just wanted to ask one more question because I think we kind of already touched on it, but so. Um, what are you most excited about about what you're doing now? Like, what is what is the skill that you're building or the people you're working with that's kind of really sparking you? That is a good question. I think one of the things that gets me most excited is when I'm able to kind of take an idea from a client and um, whenever they're comfortable enough with um, getting some research and actually going out and talking to either their their audience or their intended audience and learning more about what that audience wants and watching that kind of shape and adjust the product into something that's really compelling for those people. I think, you know, back in the days of box software, we never had this concept that, you know, because it took so long to build something, because it took so long to get it to market, you didn't necessarily have a lot of time to kind of like meet with users because you're talking life cycle of years. And now with things being as quick as what they are and the fact that we can turn software around so quickly, I'm able to, you know, even if I just walk around the office and ask people and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this idea? How is it relevant to you? How would you use this? Um, we're able to get and do some user testing and we can get feedback right away. And that can in turn be like put right into the product and we can make a more compelling product because of that feedback. And I just absolutely love that kind of intersection in the way that that we can use that data. Well, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a pleasure.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Women's Tech Radio. If you'd like more info about our guest, including her social profiles or any of the resources mentioned during the show, please check out the show notes at jupiterbroadcasting.com. You can also check out our RSS feeds there, find us on iTunes, or using your favorite podcasting application. You can also find us on Twitter at HeyWTR. You can email us WTR at jupiterbroadcasting.com. Or you can check out our new Tumblr where we have the complete episodes transcribed, and that is heywtr.tumblr.com. 